When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody, and welcome back once again. Episode 7 here of Stephanie and Stephanie Talk Tunes. Hello, Talk Tuners. Hola, Talk Tuners. Number 7. Woo! This is so awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Lucky number seven here. Yeah, fantastic. Got a lot of fun stuff to talk about today, including really one of our favorite topics, I might say, certainly one of our favorite mutual topics musically. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, you had shared kind of a fun discovery today, a musical thing that we learned about that I thought was kind of fun. Yeah, so I was on rollingstone.com and I found an article that announced that Peloton is having a music festival and it's virtual. So I'm like, okay, do you ever work out in a Peloton? See, I don't own a Peloton bike, but I use the app. Um, okay. I don't know if you've ever had that experience. It's really, it's great. So it's a good app. Know, okay. Yeah. It's a fantastic app. And, you know, and I just think about, you know, our love for music. And of course you have to have the right playlist when you're, you know, when you're exercising. I know I do. I have like I do. 10 different playlists. So yeah, this is something that we definitely share. And I think any of our listeners feel the same when they're, you know, they use music for motivation. They use music, you know, to get out, you know, pent up energy or whatever, you know, or even if you're doing yoga, you want, you know, or some type of meditation, you may want some soothing sounds. So music is such a big part of it. And I thought it was pretty cool that Peloton put together a music festival. So it's supposed to kick off on July 1st per Rolling Stone and there's 25 different artists. It's nobody playing live. It's just a bunch of playlists. So this, it, it's interesting, guys. I don't know. We'll see how this pans out. But um, they actually have a Spotify playlist. And um, they're sharing photos. It's hashtag AFO. It's oh. the music festival is called All for One. Oh. It's all right. a band. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I swear was the name. Yes. Was their big hit. Boy band, wasn't it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's that's yeah. funny. They had a couple. Yep. Yep. That's funny. Okay. That just that, that tickles my soul. If you have the Peloton bike or treadmill, whatever, um, check it out and you use the app. I know I'm gonna check it out. So um like the artists that they'll have, it's pretty random. Carly Pierce, Demi Lovato and Depeche Mode? Okay. Okay. Huh. I wonder, yeah. And there's this being a virtual festival that's also like kind of centered around fitness. It just mm-hmm. like, it's like, oh, okay, this is our post pandemic, how we're going to experience music in 12,000 different types of ways. I just feel like now the opportunists are coming out. So 
Yeah. Yeah. That's what we I, can do. It's like, all right, cool. Yeah. I haven't really, I don't know. For some reason it's not, I'm not really grasping my head around it. Cause I just want to go to a show, man. We talked about this. We <laughs> we're talked just, about we're just ready to go to go the show. Back shows. one episode guys and hear about how concert starved we are. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm trying to kick it old school, but um, but regardless, music is a big part of a workout for sure. Especially when I don't want to work out, I always like, feel like <laughs> I have to have like a serious hardcore metal playlist, like to have like a drill sergeant behind me. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so That's awesome. Perfect. But I wanted to bring that up because that was pretty cool. Um, I think that yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah. So um, well, today, guys, we have a lot of material because we are talking about. Gosh, if not our most favorite, it tied for number one. Like, I don't know. I mean, if you're watching on YouTube right now, I mean, you see Meyer's office, her little studio. She's got, you know, a fantastic picture, Aladdin Zane, Mr. Bowie, David Bowie. David Bowie. Fantastic shirt. Thank you. Yeah. I love it. Um, mine's in the laundry, so I, just, I can't. I can't join you in that. That's just I can't go there. There's probably too much dog hair on it anyway. Not gonna be able to see a thing. Um, but I do love it though because it's a David like, younger years and he's smoking a cigarette, so he kind of looks like James Dean like us. But you know, yeah, Mr. Bowie don't need David Bowie looks like David Bowie <laughs> anyway. But it's exactly. hot. So um, yeah. I am going to let Meyer start because I honestly felt when I first met her that she was like David Bowie's sister or a cousin because she knew so much. That is definitely something that I'm like, man, is she related to this guy? Because like she knows so much. She's like a whole library. She's a David Bowie library. And I thought that was great. And I, you know, I've been a fan, but um, she put it on another level for me. So I'm going to let her start this. This is, this is good stuff. That's pretty funny. Um, and thank you. And I wonder if what David would have thought of thinking that I was his long lost cousin. He'd probably be like, first of all, you're not British. Um, I don't know <laughs> if that would work at all. I'd be like, this does not count. But uh, we both love David Bowie so much and we're so happy to talk about him today. We have so many. We were going through them before. We have so many Bowie related stories that tie to our friendship. Yes. And so we're really excited to share them today. Uh, we have tons. For those who, you know, I know we have listeners who have all forms of knowledge and don't necessarily know every genre we're talking about. So just as a primer, David Bowie was born David Jones in 1947. He was married to Amon for many years, uh, love of his life, a uh, supermodel Amon. Had just an absolute illustrious um, career, was very prolific, of course, as a musician, but also as an actor, uh, both of which will touch on today. And he did it all. He was really a jack of all trades and he was just so talented and amazing in all of it. You know, and in a way, it's been five years and since he passed in 2016. And in a way, I'm still reeling from the suddenness of his passing, uh, which nobody yeah. really saw coming. And that was, uh, you know, they said later, the people close to him said that was by design, that he didn't want people to know. Mm -hmm. He had been dealing with cancer for quite a while. He um, literally days after releasing a really cryptic music video, Lazarus, uh, for his album Black Star, um, which the lyrics literally say, look up here, I'm in heaven. And he passed days after releasing that music video. It's chilly, you know, when you think about it too, but he was always yeah. in control his own narrative 
And I think that also came to when he decided to leave this earth. He was like, I'm not going to do exit interviews. I'm not going to talk about this forever. I'm not going to let fans weep and gnash their teeth. I am going to go on my own terms. And really, he did. Um, but the world is a little less brighter uh, to this day without David Bowie. And again, there's just so much that we've bonded with over the years that is that is Bowie related. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I'm I was in we we're both living in New York when David Bowie passed. So um, yeah, this is yeah, I'm not gonna I don't want to talk about that. Let's talk about let's talk about the memories. We'll get that we'll get to all that good stuff later. Let's talk about the memories. Yeah. And you know, so my very first Bowie memory um that I connect to our friendship is uh you and I in the car in college and we're listening to Suffragette City and hang on to yourself. Um, and we were on a way to a party. I believe we were with your friend. And I was like, yeah, somebody loves Bowie as much as I do. Yeah, I also girl. feel like <laughs> Bowie would love this memory as well, by the way, because I think he once again, like he wanted fans to remember all of the good things he brought us because he brought us so many good things. So I feel like he would really enjoy that little memory, which is maybe the first one that I associate with our friendship. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I can't, I don't remember the, you know, do you remember who I was, who were we with? We were with a friend of mine. I think we were with your friend, Jackie in the car. We were on our, okay. we're on the way to a party. Um, okay. And I remember like, that's what we were blasting on the way there. It was like, yeah. Like, right on, was... right on. Um, yeah. How can you not get down to Suffragette City? I mean, yeah, <laughs> like, you know, that is a party song. And no, it makes sense. It makes sense if it was Jackie because she was a big fan too. And we bonded over that as well. So that's awesome. I love it. I love that it is your first memory of us. So I remember. I had to go back. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, yeah, well, you know, Bowie for me, um, I would say for our friendship, I just think about when, you know, when I moved to New York, but, um, you know, you had a, it was a big day. It was June 5th, 2004. Um, I moved to New York with seven bags. Yeah, seven bags. Back <laughs> in the day when you didn't have to pay, well, pay that much. It was funny, guys, because, yes, you had to pay for extra baggage, extra luggage, whatever, but something happened to where I didn't have to pay. Like there's something happened with the airline and they're like, Oh, just go. It's like, I have seven bags. You want me to pay for this? So like, no, just get on the plane. It was like so rushed. And my parents were just like, go, go, go. And I'm like, okay, bye. Here I'm going on a plane. Who the hell travels with seven fucking bags? It's amazing. Like seriously. So it was all closed. You know, you know me and my fashion. Um, and I think Bowie would appreciate that too. Right. So, um, but yeah, so guys, I'm in the air and Myers is going to see Bowie. Oh my God. Go ahead and so, talk about it. You know, the funny thing is, so I had tickets to see Bowie. Um, it's the first and only time I got to see him. It was June 5th, uh, 2004, PNC Bank Arts Center in Homedale. Side note, we talked about that venue, the Chris Cornell episode, including a weird mm-hmm. incident I experienced there, but kind of a funny story. So go back and listen to that if you really would like to learn more about that venue. Anyway, uh, I had tickets to Bowie that night. Pena had told me it must have been the, I'd had them for months. I think it was the month before. And you were like, I'm going to come on this day. It was like, oh man, like that's the night of this, of the Bowie concert, mm-hmm. which I know you would have loved to have gone to. 
Um, but it was like, that's where I'll be. Yeah, I was cheated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think honestly, because I just, you know, I mean, girl, I moved up to New York after coming to visit you for my birthday. I mean, you yeah. were living with Gina and, and it was a weekend and something that I always wanted to do. But um, I was like, yeah, after that weekend birthday trip, I'm like, yep, I'm coming. And I, I don't remember why I didn't plan this better. But um, just makes sense because I'm in my 20s and I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to do this. And you're like, okay, cool. You know, we just go with the flow. You're like, by the way, I won't be able to meet you at the airport. Which I still feel bad about. Please. No, no. There was no feeling bad. Um, No, Erin was there. It was fine. So she was there to greet me. Well, not at the airport, but she greeted me at at the apartment. But um, whatever. That That was my crash course. It's like, girl... You go into a big city, act like a big girl, get your seven bags, and go <laughs> catch a cab. <laughs> yeah, this was, you know, different days. We're talking about um, friend Gina. We totally referenced it in a previous days. episode and uh, our mutual friend, Aaron. So Gina Taby and I, our friend Taby, um, went to go see that the show that night uh, in Holmdale. And uh, and it was funny because Taby's like, self-professed not a big music person but said that seeing him that night was like pure magic and said uh i think she had said like he was the snake charmer and like we were the snakes and it's a great apt (laughs) description because he was just like it's just ethereal um it was he was amazing sorry i don't it's like i don't want to sit there and talk about the show like that since you weren't able to join the show but oh my god um no it doesn't matter it's Fine, dude. It's fine. I ain't gonna lie. Say I haven't gone to YouTube to see if I can find some you know, that, uh, some that performance. Ain't gonna I would. lie because that's still when he was looking like fucking God bless. I mean, he just had the gift of youth, right? I, I mean, know. Lord, how old was he? I don't even want to do the math, but he was definitely well over forty in two thousand and four, and he just gosh, just looks so good, so healthy, amazing. Yeah, and just just this kind of ageless. A person yeah. he always has been throughout the course of his mm-hmm. life. So it's like this incredible show. I'll always remember it. And then, you know, years later, it wasn't intentionally his last North American tour, but it ended up right. being the last date on what was his last North American tour before he passed in 2016. That's crazy. He, it's nuts, you know, and he did, uh, it, he did some shows sporadically in between then, but this was the last show on his last big tour so i can't really believe that i ended up seeing it yeah i'm um, getting getting goosebumps i feel really fortunate but it's also like really bittersweet so it was amazing to see and anyway we came back that night from the concert and stephanie was there and the adventure began or really in this case the adventure continued but it was great to come back from the concert and uh, and you were there from your travels, so I felt like that's when you know our our New York venture together uh, continued or began from that point. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I think it's kind of poetic that I that I flew in on David Bowie's last uh, North American concert. So it's cool. It is it is. I'm of course I'm going to say I'm not salty that I wasn't able to go. <laughs> Because uh, come on, but you know, hey, it is what it is. So I think that it's cool. We have definitely a lot of really fun memories celebrating his music together. Um, yeah, 
So one thing that, you know, um, I think about that I really liked was the Bowie ball and, uh, I loved that. So yeah, talk about that. Cause you're the one who introduced it to me. That's cool. Oh, I, I'd forgotten that I was the one introducing it to you. Um, but I do remember, um, that it was a Don Hills, which we went and did other nights with. Mm-hmm. They did dancing. We talked about them a little bit in the previous episode. Um, but the Bowie Ball was a yearly occurrence um, at Don Hills. And it was so cool. It was technically, I look, went back and looked at some flyers, technically celebrating Ziggy Stardust's anniversary in June. Like that's what the Bowie Ball was set up to do. So every year, um, celebrate the anniversary of that. Um, as you can imagine, it's a celebration of all things Bowie. It's so much fun. And it's with, of course, the folks who come out are the super fans. And they are there to they are there to populate the dance floor, populate the night. Super fun um, to do. Uh, I think I the one we attended, Stephanie, like I painted a lightning bolt on my face, a la yes. Aladdin Sane, yes. kind of like this. Um, mm-hmm. If you're watching YouTube, my little Aladdin Sane behind me. Uh, but it was amazing, and it was so much fun. It was such a it was such a celebration of him, of his music, really everything that he influenced right because you can't Mm -hmm. look at bowie as a musician in a silo like the fact that he he influenced so many and for that matter took so many of these influences and made them his own and talked pretty openly about them uh i think is what just makes him so unique um klaus nomi you know david Mm -hmm. bowie like all these folks who it's like later on might not have gotten their due He's like, I took from here, here, and here. I took, he was very open. He took from Kabuki Theater um, mm-hmm. early in his life. He had studied uh, mime, like classical miming. And that's, yep. he talked about, he's like, that's where I get my stage presence. And if you watch something like one of my favorite movies, uh, Ziggy Stardust D.A. Pinnebaker documentary, like he's very overt in that being his stage presence. So, but just as a, but just as an aside about his, incredible musicianship it's very hard to underestimate the influence of David. yeah yeah definitely that bowie ball is so much fun because you know hey i mean david bowie goes through so many decades he has so many different styles so much different fashion and seeing everyone come in you saw folks that look dressed like 80s bowie then you had like 70s bowie and then you just had me who i was like <laughs> i'm just gonna be glam and i was wearing everything shiny i could find in my closet with pearls, right? Of course, <laughs> of course, you know? I'm like, oh, glitter eyeshadow just everywhere. I'm just, I just gotta do it glam. And David Bowie just wasn't glam. He, man, he, yeah. you know, he, he's, he hit pretty much every genre of music. Yeah. I mean, he, one thing he didn't do was rap. He just didn't rap. Okay. Yeah. Never saw never, that, yeah. You know, never, never, never did any rap, but, you know, he, he definitely has, um, he's touched a lot of different uh, genres and man, and he, his influence is just insane. Um, you know, so being able to go to an event like that, and he was still alive at this time. I was hoping he would show up. I'm like, I know, right, man, <laughs> like, this is your annual party, bro. Um, why aren't you showing up? But that was so much fun. That was so great to be able to do that. And, you know, definitely one of the things too, it seemed like when we were in New York at the time living together, like Bowie was everywhere. It's weird because yeah, yeah, this is 2004, 2005, blah, 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 blah. 
right? This guy has been making music since the 70s, probably early 60s. So I'm not as, for all I know, you think he came out with something in 69, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, it was the 60s. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, come on, man. This is 40 years later and he's everywhere. So it's like, like, oh my God, it was insane. It was, I don't even know. So that's why I think it's just kind of magical, um, you know, that, this is, uh, we were able to celebrate him alive um, and but through all these different cool events that would go around in the city. Um, you know, we talk about how we went to go see him in, you know, in the prestige of movie theaters and, um, and also seeing him in The Man Who Fell to Earth. This was like, they'd have special movie nights for him because he's a big deal. It wasn't just, oh, I'm going to go buy a ticket and go see this movie. Nah. This was like, hey, we're throwing, we're doing a David Bowie night, some type of theme, you know, and um, and everyone came. Like, seriously, like, The Man Who Fell to Earth, I don't know what year it came out, but it definitely wasn't in 2005, 2006 when we saw it around there. Um, and it was a full theater. And in 2006, The Prestige, that was a new movie, right? That was, that was a current yeah. movie? Yeah. Yeah. But still... People were there like Bowie shirts representing. It was yeah. like, and he played a small role in it. It's not like he was like the main yeah. character. So yeah. Um, yeah. And the prestige stuff, tell them what it's about because she had to, she just really had to refresh my memory on it. <laughs> I had to refresh my own memory. So Stephanie and I went to go see the prestige in theaters in 20, in 2006, despite the fact that Bowie had actually a really small role, but we're like, we yeah. saw it for Bowie. Tiny, like, we tiny. Went and saw it for Bowie, just like we went to the Museum of Moving Image and saw a man filled Earth, but he stars in that, right? Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, The Prestige is a Christopher Nolan movie, and it stars Christian Bale, and it's about these magicians that want to, they're competing to teleport. They're like, who's going to be the first to teleport in a way it's like yeah. kind of fitting for something for Bowie to insert himself into but it's like he right. he did all these movies you know and people of course should always remember him as a musician but it's like when I think of him too just as this well-rounded person who was in so many strata of so many forms of pop yeah. culture you should realize like he's a very good actor and he was cast in a lot he was in Basquiat as well but he was cast. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, he was cast in so much. And really, to your well, point, was everywhere. Like, oh. Why was he not in David Lynch's Lost Highway? Because he was on the soundtrack, and I, he opened it up, and that's a killer soundtrack. Oh, yeah. But he, that would have just been perfect. I'm like, Prior why? commitments. I guess. Just too busy. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of all people, right? Yeah, seems like of all people, he should have had a role written for him for that one. But yeah, in a Lynch movie? Absolutely, right? man. Mm, there's got to be some lost footage because I just don't believe right? it. I just don't believe it. If Marilyn Manson made a cameo in Lost Highway, come on. <laughs> right? But, Bowie. but speaking of roles that were that were written for him, in fact, uh, Labyrinth was absolutely written as a vehicle um, mm-hmm. for David Bowie. Um, I feel like most people, you know, this became a cult favorite even though it flopped at the time become a cult favorite i would say for our generation like it is always in some screening of some special night in a theater i would say that's been pretty constant actually i've seen it in theaters in adulthood probably three times um yeah that's been like because it's just always playing in adulthood 
Um, Mm -hmm. For those who may not know this, which I'd be a little surprised by, but who knows? um, Labyrinth is a Jim Henson movie. Um, It uh, is heavy in puppetry and Bowie plays Jared the Goblin King. And I didn't see Labyrinth as a kid. And honestly, I don't think I would have liked it as a kid. I think I would have been like, what the hell is going on? Um, Pretty much. I'm glad I saw it. Like mm-hmm. it was eight, 18 or above when I finally saw it. Um, but I always kind of, I half joke. It's like, this is not a kid's movie, guys. Like, man, there's like, uh, I don't even know where to begin. But uh, he's wearing a cod piece for most of the movie. You're like, that feels inappropriate for this PG movie. Um, at one point, he's telling Jennifer Connelly's character. Jennifer Connelly is 13 at the time, I want to say. And uh, mm-hmm. the plot centers around, like, he's chasing Jennifer Connelly's character. At one point, he says to her, love me, fear me, do as I say, and I would be your slave. And you're like, what in the what? flying fuck? <laughs> like, we're like... Yeah, this is Jim Henson movie. Like, this is fine. We're going to leave this in. I don't know if they're script supervisors, like, for this movie. I say this as somebody who loves this movie. I don't know what they were thinking. Yeah, it's not a kid's movie. And wait, hold on. It's let's think about the movie. time, though. In the 80s, like, the way he looks, his hair, it's very hair metal. So it's like, of course it's inappropriate. It's and very Tina Turner. Yeah, you're chasing after a child. Of course you are, because this is the 80s. And this like is what oh. we do. That's just what we're doing. And you're like, why are we doing that? That feels like something we shouldn't do. But if you've never seen it, and I know, you know what? There's probably, we have probably some listeners who do not know this movie. Well, I suggest you see it. And it's a special, as we say in the South special movie uh, that is very hard to, like, I can't imagine that they were like, we're going to bring this back and do a new version of it. Like, I can't imagine nah. that that's one that they end up doing in that way because it's very much of its time. And it's, yeah, I I don't know what else to say about it. Having said that, man, it's a time capsule and it is, it is a piece of work to watch. It's a lot of fun. He sings, of course, throughout, yes. as if there were to be any doubt about that. Um, he's wearing, yeah, like a Tina Turner wig. The whole thing. There's no, nobody's explaining it. Like, that's just what's happening. Anyway, please, um, please watch that. And a <laughs> ruffled shirt, right? Doesn't he have like a ruffled shirt? Am I making that up? He's got like a ruffled meatloaf-esque shirt. Yeah. Happening through most mm-hmm. of it. And mm-hmm. again, like these pants that do not belong in a kid's movie. They're way too tight. No. And- <laughs> I mean, it's codpiece in a children's movie. And, and yeah, and, you know, like everybody signed off on this and rated it PG. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have seen it. If you haven't, please go see it. I could yeah. talk about Labyrinth for a full episode, so I'm actually just going to stop myself right now. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I actually think Labyrinth is showing at, um, Rooftop Cinema, which I know LA probably has, of uh, several like, major cities across the nation have it. Um, yeah, drive-in theater. I'm pretty oh, I darn hope sure. Go. Oh yeah, for real, absolutely. And it's Jim Henson, y'all. So I mean, come on, this isn't like a soft porn or anything like that. It's not. We're not saying that. But it's just like not a kids movie. It's not like Skinamax or anything like that. So not let's not a take kids it up. Movie. It's just not a kids movie. 
It's like, Not come a on. for children. Yeah, it's like, hmm, because you think Jim Henson, you think Muppets, right? So it's like, okay. Um, but regardless, Bowie does a fantastic job. It's still cult. It's fucking David Bowie. So yeah, go watch it. It's fun. Um, but yeah, if you just think about the time it came out and how old you were, if you're around me and Steph's age, it's like, nah, we should, no, thank God. Oh, yeah. How did this happen? So No, I was trying to get down with Fraggle Rock. I wasn't trying to get down with Labyrinth, you know? You know, I'm going to do Fraggle Rock. So, Fraggle um, Rock is good. Yeah. But, um, you know, so talking about just events and stuff, one of the cool things that happened um, when we were living in New York is that Bowie gifted some of his early music videos to MoMA, which is the Museum of Modern Art in NYC, um, in November 2008. And at the time, I was working for the AICP. Look, I'm throwing all these acronyms out. But anyway... Um, <laughs> Um, the AICP, and I was able to get us tickets um, to see Thurston Moore hosting um, a viewing of these videos. It was uh, it was in conjunction of a, with an exhibition called Looking at Music. Um, and Thurston Moore, guys, is the lead, well, not the lead singer, but he is the lead guitarist for Sonic Youth. Um, and uh, Kim Gordon, his wife, his ex-wife. Um, it's kind of a big deal. It's kind of awesome to see Thurston Moore. Um, y'all, I, he sat next to me. Thurston Moore sat next to me throughout this Bowie video showing. What the fuck? I almost died. (laughs) I was like, the stars aligned, you know, and brought you And he's so tall too. So MoMA has like a theater, you know, we're watching the theater style, standard movie theater, not stadium seating. And here comes Mr. Thurston Moore. I'm just going to kick it right here. And I'm like, all right, daddy long legs. That's cool. Um, I'm just going to go over here and cringe and just be like, oh my God, I'm the luckiest chick tonight. I'm the luckiest chick. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it was cool because the videos they were showing, it was from This Is Bowie. So yeah. showed I'm Afraid of Americans, showed um, you Love know Life on Mars. My gosh, um, Ashes to Ashes. It was so Awesome. And I know that you stuff, and I know I do, I, I crank that album all the time because it's just a wonderful collection of his It's so good. Um, it's so good. Damn. So yeah. good. So that was really cool that we were able to see that. And we're kind of, and like, I'm a little pissed that he wasn't there. I know. Um, but, you I know. know. But like, here's my gift. Just take my gift. Here's my music. Have it. Love it. Do as you will. My gift I don't have to show to up. You. Everyone will come. Yeah, exactly. And he knew. Yes. He knew they would. And everyone came, y'all. It was sold out. Like, it was sold out. There was that one empty seat. People just come. And it was really cool. That was a really special time. Something just kind of outside of me and Steph, uh, you know, I, uh, in 20, 2014, I got married. And for my honeymoon, my husband and I went to go see This is David Bowie Showcase um, at the Chicago Museum of Contemporary Art. And that's when it made its splash. And so that was really great. Um, Jeff loves David Bowie just as much as we do. Um, He can listen to him daily. And um, we went and saw basically his whole entire life, like down to his Coke spoon. Like I saw it was, it was in a case, his little wooden Coke spoon. I'm like, Oh, this is when David Bowie was a crackhead. Okay, cool. And like, of course crazy, it was wooden. crazy. Yeah. Wooden Coke spoon. Great artifact. 
And like they, you know, they would have this, you know, exhibit had his um, his costumes, you know, um, gosh, and just that alone, his fashion, his shoes. So you're able to see like how larger than life this guy was because he was a very tall man. And it's just like, look at these extravagant costumes. And I know, Stephanie, you caught it in Brooklyn, right? Because it did travel. It did end up traveling. Um, and it it was funny because it took a while um, to get over to Brooklyn. Um, we were really thrilled um, when it came around. And it was so cool. The exhibits, the clothes alone, and even the way they staged mm-hmm. the clothes. Wonderful. So oh cool. And um in uh, Brooklyn, there was this really neat audio component and I could normally yeah. take or leave audio tours like in museums are usually not my favorite, but this one was amazing. They had clips, they had um, yep. audio of him talking. Mm-hmm. It was so cool. And the friends I went with uh, were big Bowie fans. So of course um, we were all dorking out and it was, uh, it was one of those exhibits that was hard to leave too. Cause they do try to kind of like usher you through it. It was yeah. like, Oh, well maybe I'm just going to sit here at the end uh, but it was really really awesome and you really yep. felt in that exhibit that you were in his presence you really did yep absolutely but yeah the whole thing it was it is the same exact show it was an audio and I'm like all right we're gonna walk through this he's gonna talk to me he's gonna tell me how amazing he is um and <laughs> I mean down to even like they go to the 90s and they go to the 2000s like guys we were living his life like yeah nuts completely nuts so i think it's still touring too it might be maybe not it's been a minute but um, yeah yeah oh my gosh so so cool so cool now this makes me think of let's go back to me and stuff because we're not done with our memories yet we're not so, done with our bowie memories guys de- definitely not so um one of my favorite ones as we've mentioned in many episodes stephanie loves some karaoke and i love karaoke <laughs> too i ain't gonna lie i like to perform and, love it. uh, it's fun. It's just fun. And, uh, it was her birthday. So it was summer of probably 2008, maybe. I think right? It was 2008. And I was like, I'm going to have my party where the back room has live band karaoke. Yeah. And that was my first experience with it. So guys, if you never have, um, you know, if you're just used to the video and the teleprompter, well, you definitely need to experience having a live band play behind you. Cause it, you know, <laughs> then you really feel like an artist, right? So, um, you're, you're doing it like you're doing it. Um, so Steph and I go up and sing modern love. Okay. And modern love is one of my, that's actually my favorite song of his. Um, so I love me some eighties Bowie. Um, and it's from the, you know, the let's dance album. Well, Myers and I just, we, we just weren't on beat for whatever reason. Um, maybe I didn't have enough to drink. I don't know because I didn't have that liquid courage to be like, I'm the shit and I got this. Um, the band y'all, the band started playing louder. <laughs> they did. Like we were just, we were off cadence. Um, we're so much off too, but we were so off cadence with the beat that yeah. they were, they started playing much like, like over us. They were like, we're going yeah. to try to make this better. Um, yeah. That's clearly what was happening. I didn't go up on stage again after that. I was like, all right, I'm done. I've retired for the evening. Please pass me the Bud Light. I'm done. Um, yeah. Um, I suck. But that was so much fun. And we have a picture of us doing that, uh, doing that song. I love it. I love it. I'll have to share it on our socials. Um, it's so awesome. Yeah. I mean, there's something really magical about 
80s Bowie for me. I mean, let's dance. I mean, who doesn't want to get their red shoes on and dance the blues, right? It's like, ah, it's, I just, I love that album and I really do love Modern Love. I used it at my wedding. So my, yeah, that, that was uh, one of my wedding songs for the ceremony. And I love the video because the video was like, I was at that time. I mean, it came out in 83, right? So let's be real. I was two years old when it came out, but later on in life when I saw it and just seeing his evolution, it's like he went from, you know, from being like the hippie glam, um, you know, glam star. And then all of a sudden he just kind of segues into this classic clean cut blonde and suited up, you know, musician who's playing the sax or, and I'm just like, what, what is this? It's wonderful. Like, Oh my God, different persona. Like, but it's still him. Right. And I just, there's something about eighties Bowie. Like he captures the eighties. Like nobody wore shoulder pads better than David Bowie. Like hell no. Holy shit. Oh my God. And that video is live footage of him performing the song in Philly in July of 83. And yeah, right um, on, right on. Yeah. And so I found on the site that in 2018, he had actually put um, up the YouTube video or whoever, you know, on his team, whatever, put up the YouTube video of Modern Love. And at the time it had almost 2 million views. Can you imagine what it is now? I don't even want to know. That's crazy. That's crazy. Oh, that that kind of says it all, though, you know, yeah. kind of because that one it stood the test of time, too, on yeah, exactly. um, on an album that he got some kind of mm, various critics had various thoughts about that album because they were like, well, David, yeah. this is really commercial for you. But the thing mm -hmm. about David is as far as always being a chameleon he knew when he had to adapt and be one step ahead of what yep. other folks were doing so yes it's a dance album supposed to you know his 70s um we call it the berlin albums the coked out albums um yeah it's a very different <laughs> it's a i think about that coachman bro yeah right they're like we were just be like he was overt about it so we might as well talk about it I'll just pause here and say that there's this amazing performance if you want to see something kind of out of this world with him on Coke, a uh, performance of Young Americans on, I believe it was Solid Gold. And okay. uh, the band's trying to keep up with him. He's very fast, but his throat is scratchy. His band is background singers. Like it's, and he talks about, he talked about that performance overtly. He was like, yep. That was a time in my life. But if you're looking to see <laughs> kind of a point at which she was doing something else, um, it's definitely contrasted with something like Let's Dance era, David yes. Bowie, which was this mm -hmm. smooth um, persona. It was like the uh, almost the David Byrne suit without the oversized part, like yeah. just fully like, yes, I'm here. Like, I know what you want consumers and I'm going to give it to exactly. you. And you know what? Like he did a great job with that. So got it so on vinyl slick. right over here. Yep. It's great. So slick. Love it. Love it. Love it. So I just, oh gosh, I mean, I, I love the eighties just in general. Maybe if I wasn't an eighties baby, maybe I'd feel different about it, but you know, Hey, I really <laughs> didn't live my life in the eighties, but I do appreciate the culture. I think it's a lot of fun. So I had to talk about that. Um, I think, Stephanie, we need to uh, 
redeem ourselves next time we see each other we have to do modern love again um yeah because i'm not gonna be drowned out hell no give me give me that mic give me that mic there's some great Um, new places here in la that are finally reopening with karaoke i'm just gonna say i've probably found two of those in the last week because i am a karaoke star ain't nothing wrong with that from me what do you guys want from me but uh people are very excited around here yeah Um, with things having closed down for a long time. Anyway, as an aside, we'll definitely find that, if not a live band, (laughs) if not live band karaoke, some facsimile of that. Yeah, yeah, it's happening. It's totally happening. That's it. We got to mark the date. So um, yeah, this needs to happen. So this is random. This came through my head as I'm going through our catalog of David Bowie memories. We always would say David Bowie's an alien because he's just... Loving the alien, just like the song. He's extra, yeah, he's just extraterrestrial. Like, we don't know where he came from. He's just magical. We don't know. Remember Fly to the Concords? They made him like an alien. Like, that whole skit from Fly to the Concords? I'm like, you are in our minds. I was like, what is this? What is this? You're in our brains. We wrote that. (laughs) We wrote that through many drunken conversations or maybe not so drunken conversations of David Bowie and how he's magical. He's an alien and how he's just going to fly from the sky and come down and share his wonderful music and wow us and give us the gift of youth. And I don't know, make us familiar. I don't know. I'm, I'm a rambling now, but I just, I thought about that and I was like, man, that episode with David Bowie in it and he's in it y'all. So it's about him. He's in it and he's hilarious. He's so good. Oh my God. I oh mean, God. on every level. And he would, He'd also like play with his persona and show up on these shows, like in addition to movies. I'm not even going to spoil it for people if you haven't seen him in his turn in extras, the Ricky Gervais oh, no. show. I, you can YouTube it and it is hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I think if I try to explain it, it's not even going to be funny. But they have him on as himself and mm-hmm. he uh, decides to create a song for Ricky Gervais' character. It all happens kind of like there in real time. And it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. You won't regret it. You guys go look it up right now. Talk Tuners or Stephanie. Yeah, exactly. Well, Talk (laughs) Tuners, yeah, definitely. I haven't seen that one. So, and watch Fly to the Concords. So Fly to the Concords was on HBO, right? I believe back in the day it was an HBO show. So I just just saw today that they, um, there might be a reuniting fact. Oh, really? All right, cool. That was funny. I enjoyed it. So Check that out. Check that out. My gosh. Well, you know, um, unfortunately, good things come to an end. As we mentioned, you know, briefly, he passed and it still stings. Um, it does. It, it does sting. And, uh, you know, I both of us were in New York at the time. I, I That day, man. Two days after yeah. his birthday, bro. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Hmm. And really, you know, it was kind of again, if you talk about the top of the episode, it's like him kind of deciding to move on from this planet, like on his terms, like in terms of what he, what we knew, what he told people, like people didn't really know. And I do remember like just waking up that day and hearing the news and being in shock uh, because really he didn't, he didn't tell folks that he was sick. He released a music video two days before. Um, So uh, and I remember everybody I know was kind of reeling that day, even on the the subway. And you could tell people were kind of learning yep. about it at their own pace. The and city I was, was mourning. Like, the city yeah. was mourning. 
It was yeah. crazy. It was crazy. It's like when Prince passed. I was in the city too. Yeah. Girl, I was getting lunch when Prince passed. I was like, no. Guess what? Not hungry. Going to the bar and go taking a shot. I'm like, oh my god. Fuck this. It's like with lunchtime. In his honor. Oh. Um, yeah. Yeah. I uh, uh, When he had passed, so I was living in Brooklyn at the time. And uh, he, David lived with Amon on the Lower East Side. And uh, now I'm just thinking about it, actually. So he's lived across from this, uh, this Irish bar. And it was common knowledge that he lived there, but nobody bothered him. It was a big, it was yeah. a very secure, beautiful loft. And um, I think there's a couple people in the bar who said, oh, you know, on certain days, if you're in certain parts of the bar, the windows are open. Like sometimes you can catch a glimpse of him over there, which is yeah. crazy, um, but part of kind of what you run into over there sometimes. But yeah, it was common knowledge to be like, David Bowie's right across the street. Sometimes we see him over there. Um, and it was a cool bar too, what he said. But, um, but yeah, when he passed, there was this just impromptu and uh, kind of makeshift memorial that sprung up outside his Lower East Side apartment. And people, uh, fans had gone there. They had brought just very incredible amounts of flowers uh, and trinkets and even some artwork that's artwork of him. And his music was kind of softly playing in the background on a loop. Um, mm -hmm. People really quiet and reverent and people were all crying. Um, nope, there wasn't, you know, everybody was respectful, but it was like, this is how we're going to mourn. We're going to show up at his apartment and send mm -hmm. these things out and mourn. And I, I'd heard that Amon, um, that Amon saw and was touched as I imagined she would be, but it really was a testament to kind of the, the deep feeling of New Yorkers and everyone and all fans just for him and, you know, as a fandom, but also really, you know, him as a person, just such a part of the fabric of that life, such a part of the fabric of the city. Um, but that memorial mm -hmm. had gone on for, I, it was days, if not weeks, and people were really... It was weeks, girl. It was I weeks. I think so. That particular it was one. Weeks. Yeah. And I had gone a couple days um, after he passed because I wanted to at least see there and kind of be in community with people who were holding that space. But um, it was like people were like, yes, this is where he was. And this is mm -hmm. where we will mark his time here on earth. And uh, we will always, always miss him. He's one of those, he's one of those uh, artists where you partly think like maybe he will be around forever and it's such a shock uh, system when they have to leave us yeah absolutely um i didn't have the balls to go i couldn't i don't so, blame you that no <laughs> i'm like no i stay far far away from that <laughs> i don't like it at not, all i cannot oh but i get it of course i get it um that's awesome though definitely david bowie man a spirit that's forever gonna live in our hearts and pretty much everyone else on this planet who likes music. It'd be really hard for someone to say, I can't at least like snap my fingers, get some mama snaps going to a David Bowie song or something, you know? I mean, even if like rock and roll is not your jam, um, it, he's just, he's that gifted. He's awesome. Very awesome. And um, yeah, I need to go watch some David Bowie videos or something. Yeah. Or that extras episode, but yeah, so. you got to do it. You got to do it. I think it's time. I think that's a good way to, to close this out. 
Thanks for listening and hearing us talk about one of our most favorite musicians, artists to ever walk the planet. Um, remember, um, you can reach us via email at stephaniestalktunes at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us on our social platforms. That's at stephaniestalktunes on IG, FB, and TikTok. Of course, at Twitter, we have to cut it short to Stephanie's Talk. That's our handle. But um, thank you so much for all your support. And I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. One more thing. Wanted to follow up on the winner of the contest from the previous episode, the Cool in the Gang episode. Winner of the Cool in the Gang coloring book, Christine from Brooklyn. Congratulations, Christine. And thanks to all who entered. And please be on the lookout for more giveaways in the future. Thanks again, guys. Love you guys. Peace out. Thanks, Top Tuners. Bye. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.